Russ Heltman of AllBearCats.com is back, and we've got some major news to talk about. Corey Kiner committed, and the Bearcats just landed another commit from Cincinnati. So we're talking about it all right here on Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Alex Frank here with you. And today, he was on my show last week to talk about the spring game. Now he's on again because in the last week, we've had two local products commit via the transfer portal and out of high school to the Cincinnati Bearcats. In fact, he just posted. On AllBearCats.com, the story of three-star Braden Moore from Baden High School in Cincinnati committing to play for the Bearcats. He, of course, is AllBearCats.com reporter. He joins me now, Russ Heltman. Russ, I mean, here we go again. More news is coming now just because spring ball's over. I mean, the news doesn't stop. No, it does not. Glad to be with you again. Glad to be back with the Locked On Bearcats listeners. It's a lot of fun. It's recruiting season, Alex. Never a dull moment in it, especially with the transfer portal nowadays. It's crazy. I think there's somewhere like 1,300 basketball players in the transfer portal, way more than that football-wise throughout the past couple months. And Corey Kiner, a quick entry and quick exit out of the transfer portal. And Braden Moore, who has had a much longer recruiting uh, recruiting timeline, obviously. But you see in his top eight, I think that was two weeks ago, and made the final decision today, the three-star athlete out of Baden High School coming to DBU, starting to be dubbed with the likes of Ahmad, Sass Gardner, and Kobe Bryant. At least DBU in the 2022 draft class is what you see as the distinction of this year. Okay, so we're, well, let's start with Corey Kiner. We'll get to Braden more here in a minute because that, of course, is significant, and he's going to be a part of the first recruiting class for Cincinnati going into the Big 12. But Corey Kiner, Russ, so Monday we get the news – that he's entered the transfer portal. And what, 12 hours later, less than 12 hours later, he commits to Cincinnati. And it's like a fantasy becomes a reality. It was a fantasy two years ago. It was a fantasy this week. Now it's happening. Take us inside how the timeline of Corey Kiner uh, deciding to transfer from LSU, coming to Cincinnati, what went into it and what ultimately led him to decide, you know what, I want to come back home and play for the Cincinnati Bearcats? Well, look at the situation in Baton Rouge. You got Brian Kelly, Ed Ogeron going out, and even dating back to the actual commit date back in 2020 when Kiner uh, put his pen to paper to go play at LSU as a four-star running back, as the 10th best running back in the country, and as a player who would have entered UC and now joins UC as the highest-ranked recruit that they have had on their roster in the 24-7 sports era. So if he would have signed with UC, it would have been the highest-ranked recruit they've ever brought in initially in the 24-7 sports era. And I think it was a factor for Kiner of thinking, all right, I have this LSU team. I'm not able to, unfortunately, according to the Cincinnati Enquirer, go visit them during the pandemic because of all the restrictions, all that stuff. Maybe I take my shot here 
Go see how it works out. This team's coming off a national championship. When he signed, they were still the reigning national champions. Obviously goes through his senior year at Roger Bacon in the 2020 season and ends up winning Mr. Football in the LSU program. Tanks goes into the toilet. Ed Ogeron leaves in his freshman year. And you get a, I wouldn't say it was a promise from Brian Kelly, but you get an affirmation in the early portion of the offseason from Brian Kelly when he steps in there that you will be able to retain a solid role. You at least have chance to start, be the first ring running back on my roster, but I'm not going to promise it to you. So we get the spring ball. We get to just last week. It turns out there's a certain five-star on the roster. Ineligible last year, academic issues, very eligible this year, very spry, looking very good in that backfield. And he supplants Corey Kiner, who I believe suffered an injury in uh, in one of the last few days of his time and spring ball with the LSU team. So it was a lot of different factors that ultimately led Kiner back to UC. When you look at his decision from that point when he got hurt, when he started to get supplanted, supplanted by a five-star to entering his name in the portal, Cincinnati obviously reached out right away. They want they had a had a a strong strong relationship with Kiner. He was in the uh, the top ten choices for them two years ago, and it was a match made in heaven. This is a guy who told Springer the Scott Springer of the Inquirer that he wanted to be back home. He wanted to be as close to home as possible. Why not just come home instead of being somewhere close to home? His entire Kiner family can come watching now at Nippert Stadium, and it'll be a role that I'm sure the family hopes is first string. But it's a role that Kiner will have to earn in a very crowded backfield that you and I talked about last week with uh, with with Charles McClellan, Ethan Montgomery, Miles Wright, Miles Montgomery, or, or, or excuse me, Miles Montgomery and Ethan Wright. I get all the names mixed up, but there's like four horsemen back there, and now you add a fifth guy for a team that wants to do a lot of twelve personnel, like I mentioned last week. This is right what the doctor ordered for this UC program, especially in a time where. I projected them to add a transfer running back. I wrote an article on it, I think, two months ago, projecting some guys that they could go after. Kiner wasn't yet in the portal then. He enters the portal, and 12 hours later, he's already a Bearcat. What is it with all these uh, LSU players coming to Cincinnati, Russ? Is there something there that we're not seeing that, you know, Corey Kiner, and, and now we're starting to see, okay, you know, we go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana State, we come north to Cincinnati, we go to the Super Bowl, we go maybe back to the college football playoff. Is there something to this, Russ? Is there, there might be, what's the phrase dig a hole to China? Is there a direct hole from uh, like a, like a hyperlink situation, Elon Musk, where you're just, you're zooming 380 miles an hour from one direct route in the, in the terminal, say, in, uh, in downtown Cincinnati, right to Baton Rouge. We, we might need to look for it at this point, Alex, because with Jamar Chase, Lyle Collins, Joe Burrow, obviously, we got Corey Kiner coming back from LSU. It's, uh, it's very funny how all that works. And, uh, and an interesting, tidbit part of this is people people will remember Danny Lewis tight end recruit out of Louisiana was supposed to be a part of this 2022 class and Cincinnati because he decommitted still had an open confirmed scholarship spot that they were ready to immediately give to Louisiana player kind of so it's kind of interesting how those uh those two things honestly worked out (laughs) I I mean, I'm all I'm all in if it leads to more wins for Cincinnati this year. And um, I want to ask you because you mentioned the running back room. We mentioned it last week. I mentioned it earlier this week. You have even before Corey Kiner came came here. You had four running backs: Charles McClellan, Ethan Wright, Miles Montgomery, 
Ryan Montgomery, excuse me. And I told listeners that, excuse me, that you should feel really good about the running back room. Okay. Right. Now add a four-star commit who's a Mr. Ohio running back. What does this mean for the running back room as a whole? How much has it upgraded? Is there an upgrade now with a guy like Corey Kiner coming to the, this program? I think it just gives you that home run ability and that explosiveness that you didn't really have in any of these guys, whether it would have been, I think the two leading candidates in the clubhouse right now are names like Charles McClellan and Ethan Wright. Sure, they're solid backs. McClellan, 5'11", 193, going into his senior campaign. Ethan Wright, 6'1", 198, going into his uh, going into one of his final years of eligibility. They're hungry. They're good, solid players, but they don't give you that pop that an Ohio Mr. Fo- or Mr. Football winner in the state of Ohio is going to give you. A guy who was top five all time in the history of Ohio rushing yards career total is going to give you. So I think the fact that they are able to add in Corey Kiner in the respect and through the lens that they're viewing this offense this year, which is going to be a ton of two tight ends, a ton, uh, not a ton of running, because we know that's not the most efficient way to score points in football, but a defined plan in the running game to make that the featured part of the offense, especially if they're trying to work in Evan Prater in the early portion of the season. And what I think it really does, Alex, is it gives you a lot more confidence going into that week one matchup, which let's face it, it's going to define and put a real marker on where this season can go. What happens in week one versus Arkansas is going to play a defined ceiling on this team, whether it's if they lose, all right, lick the wounds, try to get ready to roll for the AAC season, and maybe you're one of those final six teams in the New York Six Bowl. If they win and they come out and they have a defined offense, Corey Kiner's rolling through people like bowling balls. They got a three-headed monster attack with Charles McClellan, Ethan Wright, and Corey Kiner all destroying people, play action passes, and an added rushing attack element from Evan Prater and you're starting to think this is the uh this is the ground force maximum out of the UC Bearcats then the entire projection of the season changes and I think overall it just brings an added amount of competition and we know how much Luke Kit Fickle values that competition
Well, that was certainly interesting. <laughs> this happened. The good news is, oh, like I guess we're still on or something. We just have now switched. We, we just have now switched sides. So we're still on, apparently, Russ. Um, the recording's okay. still going. The, the first part of the recording saved, so I think we're okay. Um, where, what we were I'll talking just, about? Here? I'll just redo that answer. Just ask me that last question. Okay. We'll so the last question I asked you. Okay, and, and, and this is I mean, this is what we do here. So welcome back. Uh, Locked on Bearcats, Russ Heldman from allbearcats.com joining me. And I asked you, <laughs> I asked them before this, um, what d- does Corey Kiner, how much of an upgrade does he give the running back room? Because there's already four great running backs, but now you had a four star, uh, former four star recruit who, oh, by the way, still has three years of eligibility left. So, what kind of upgrade does this give this running back room, Russ? Alex, I think it arguably makes this a top 20 running back room in the country. If we're in arguably top 10, and it's going to be the featured impact weapon for this offense throughout the entire season, I would think, especially if Evan Prater is able to be the number one option at quarterback. He wins that job, adds his legs to the mix. I mean, when you look outside of Jerome Ford last year, he was amazing. 215 carries, 1,300 yards, 6.1 yards per attempt, tied the total season touchdown record for a position player in a Bearcats in Bearcats football history last year. But guys like Ryan Montgomery, 312 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, three touchdowns. You had Charles McClellan, 5.1 yards per carry. Ethan Wright, 5.3 yards per carry. Evan Prater on his limited touches, 12 carries for 105 yards, 8.8 yards per carry. So where I'm going with this is we know what the impact aspect of this offense will be. It's going to be the returning five offensive linemen licking their chops, ready to get downhill behind a trio of guys in Ethan Wright, Ryan Montgomery, and Charles McClellan, who I think are all capable in their own aspect, and a full-on ace in the hole in Corey Kiner, who I think will get 15 to 20 carries a game in an offense that I would expect to run the ball close to 40, 45 times per game because of just how much of a of an efficient weapon I think it will be, despite rushing attacks not normally being that in the sport of football. So I think it takes what was a top – 40 running back room, top 30 running back room in the country into that top 10 atmosphere and an atmosphere where you can heavily rely on the rushing attack and still stay heavily efficient while doing that overall as an offense. They, they ran the ball at a higher rate than most teams on average last year and stayed efficient. I think we could see an even higher rush rate this year and even better efficiency with how much talent is not only returning with that experience, that 300 monster coming back, but a four-star, arguably the best and most talented young player that's ever played for the Bearcats coming in recruiting ranking ones. And I'll add those statistics you mentioned from Montgomery and McClellan and Prater. That was all with Jerome Ford being sort of a bell cow running back last year for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Russ, um, we're going to get to more on Corey Kiner, how this impacts recruiting going forward, how it impacts the Bearcats going into the Big 12. You know, maybe if my computer had taken some athletic greens this morning, Russ, the, the Wi-Fi issues would not have happened just now. But that's okay. I'm here to tell you and all of our listeners right now about Athletic Greens, our next partner. They have a product I use literally every day. I know Russ, our good friend James Rapine does from Lockdown Bengals too. I started taking Athletic Greens because eh, I wanted more energy. I, I hated taking pills and vitamins, and I wanted the supplement that actually tastes great. So what is this stuff? It's one delicious scoop of AG1 that you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adapto greens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, uh, vegan, dairy-free, excuse me, or gluten-free. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. It's important to choose one with high quality, high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. It costs you less than $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now time for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Locked on NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Locked On NFL Draft on our Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page will be April 28th, 29th, and 30th. Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on the Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds all through this week and next Monday. Surprised my computer was able to hold out through all that reading, but that means it's time to get back to today's interview with Russ Heltman of allbearcats.com. You can, of course, follow him on Twitter. That would be, if I can pull it up here, which I know I have, you can follow him on Twitter at Russ Heltman 11. He's also a producer and host on WMKV 89.3. And of course, he writes for allbearcats.com. So this is surreal to me, Russ, because here's a running back who went to LSU, Louisiana State. And he's like, eh, I'm going to put my name in the transfer portal. And then less than 24 hours later, ooh, I can go back home and play football with my boy Evan Prater. I mean, how surreal is this? That you that we just landed a player, Russ, from LSU, and there's now a four, there's now the potential for a four-star quarterback and a four-star running back in the backfield. Not bad. Not bad at all. Funny enough, two back, the back-to-back Ohio Mr. Football Award winners. Of course, Evan Prater at Wyoming in 2019 and Corey Kiner at Roger Bacon in 2020. This is a game changer. I truly think it is. And especially if Corey Kiner comes in, earns the job, the starting job, which I expect him to do. The talent is there, and I think the work ethic is there as well and performs well. This is just going to continue the snowball effect that we have seen happen throughout the Luke Fickle era, which is only five years in. We mentioned last week, only six wins away from setting the all-time wins record at the University of Cincinnati as the football coach. And to me, it's just another notch in the belt, especially when you think about when he's entering, how much eligibility he has left, how much ability, how much time he has to showcase his skills. And I would expect him to hit the ground running this year and really set himself up for a monstrous redshirt or, or soft. I guess it would technically be junior season. It's so hard, Alex, with these with COVID eligibility years added on. I don't know what all these anymore. Sophomores, juniors, whatever. Three years of eligibility left. Two years of eligibility remaining after he gets a full campaign under his belt. And I think Corey Kiner is going to join Jerome Ford in the NFL draft list. That should be the goal. That should be the expectation. And I think that should be what 
all of these recruits looking at the Bearcats, especially in the class of 2023, which we're about to get to, and the class of 2024, those two initial inaugural opening Big 12 classes are seeing this and thinking, wow, for the first time in my life, the University of Cincinnati, one of the most up-and-coming cities in the United States, is one of the most up-and-coming pro football programs in the country. And it's a rise in football that you just never see. The Blue Bloods, the national powers, the national powers for reason and commitment, hard work, patience, and a ball else, team mentality is what Luke Fickle has brought over the last five years. And it's been a slow build in the transfer portal. It's been a slow build on the recruiting trail. But I think it's starting to turn that small snowball into an avalanche boulder more and more by the day. I mean, I I didn't foresee this rise, what, at the end of the 2017 season, Luke Fickle writes a letter to at least the student body. I think it was to the whole university saying, we will get better. <laughs> well, I didn't anticipate it to be, A, a 10-win season the next year, and then, B, a four-year rise to the college football playoff. And then he had the Bengals rising from the, what, 4-11-1 and last year and being a punching line, the laughing stock of the NFL. And then Joe Burrow's like, all right, whatever. And they go to the Super Bowl. So the whole city has been on the rise. Did you foresee this? Final question before we get to another uh, piece of recruiting news, pretty significant too. Did you foresee this, what, at the end of 2017 when the Bearcats were 4-8, and eight, in the depths of irrelevancy in a group of five conferences, did you foresee four years later that the Bearcats would be in the college football playoff and then they'd be landing a four-star running back in the transfer portal, oh, by the way, for the second time in three years? No, I, I don't know how anybody could have foreseen this. And if I would have foreseen it, I would have started, I would have been hammering the table starting all bearcats.com at the beginning of last year because I would have said, hey, this team's about to make the college football playoff. We got to cover every single one of these games. But yeah, I, I don't know how you could have foreseen this. How could you foresee this? Unless you're Luke Fickle, who obviously foresaw it, who obviously has taken his time, patience once again a virtue here. He could have left for an Iowa State or a USC or a Penn State, or whatever. Name the national power that had a job opening over the last three or four years. He could have left. He has been the number one option for three straight seasons coming off of January and December success. And what has he done? He's gone right back to the grindstone here in Cincinnati and right there in his offices in Clifton. The job's not done. He knows he can still grow. And I think that's the most exciting aspect of this, Alex, is the fact that it feels like a full reload now. There was a little bit of a shaky feeling I had after the college football playoff thinking, all right, what's the transfer portal going to treat this team like? What are players within the program going to act like with the most talent in the history of the program leaving for the NFL draft or leaving because of no more eligibility years being left on their docket? And that that didn't really happen. We didn't really have any premier players leave this roster thinking I can go to greener pastures or I can go somewhere better and win. We didn't have anybody thinking I can go get more exposure somewhere else. Why? Because they have one more year of eligibility left and they're going to be having to adjust in another team. And then you're kind of setting yourself back that way. Or you have multiple years of eligibility left and you're thinking, if I do my work, if I control what I can control in this roster, I can get a chance in the AAC this year and then really explode in the big 12 with even more eyeballs on me next year. So, once again, it just feels like an avalanche snowball that's turned into a boulder. It, it truly is amazing. And I told listeners last week after our conversation that they should be extremely thankful Luke Fickle's here 
going into his sixth season. It's not like, I mean, Russ, you've seen this. You've seen this with the Bearcats. Mark D'Antonio and Butch Jones and Brian Kelly. They build the program or maintain the program, have three really good years. And even if they don't say, I'm not taking all the credit, and I'm not in this for me, well, their actions to go to, you know, Power 5 schools clearly say that, you know, they were in it to build their, their, their name and not necessarily the team. But Luke Fickle, I mean, you, you see it on the back of his uh, on the back of his shirt or vest, whatever it is, pullover. The smock. <laughs> yes, whatever it is. It's won 44 <laughs> games the last four years. I'll gladly take He's going to be the all-time winningest head coach <laughs> in Bearcats history. Anyway, and, and I'll say this too, Russ. You mentioned back-to-back Mr. Football's coming to the state of coming to Cincinnati, or we can call it the state of Cincinnati, as Luke Fickle calls it. I mean, it, it's not like they're going to Ohio State, which – we know they are a recruiting hotbed. They are a blue blood of college football. But the back-to-back Mr. Football is at Cincinnati. And now you're going to have two Power 5 schools in the state of Ohio. No longer is Cincinnati just that, you know, much younger brother, like, you know, late-born baby whatever. I mean, this is – like, Cincinnati is now starting to become comparable to Ohio State. Am I, am I being too far-fetched when I say that? I would say no, and the reason being is because of these recruiting rankings and the way they have shortened the gap over the last few years. Even looking right now, Ohio State, fourth-ranked recruiting class right now, and after the addition of Braden Moore, Cincinnati, 12th-ranked recruiting class. Ohio State with nine <laughs> commits and Cincinnati with seven commits right now. One four-star, six three-stars, but Ohio State, seven four-stars, two three-stars, and that's where the next step comes is the in-state battles, the national battles with these bigger powerhouses. And to get there, you're going to have to make a couple more college football playoffs, I would think. You're going to have to add multiple, five, six-player draft classes in the NFL to be able to get there into that elite, elite top five, which, funny enough, Arkansas sitting there at number three right now in 2023 with 11 commits. Sam Pittman doing a very good job earning that new contract extension he got a couple weeks ago. But it has to feel good for all those Bearcats fans. Where in the uh, what? What is it? The the Buckeye State, and it's like the UC got the UC logo in there. The Adidas shirt. I forget what it's called. What it is, but people know what I'm talking about. It I has know, to yeah. feel really good for them, knowing that after a hundred plus years of the Ohio State powers that be, the silent maneuvers in the background, trying to make sure they're the only Power 5 school in this state that's been busted down. I know that first day at Ohio University. Go look at our convocation center, our basketball arena. People wonder, how come yours is so big? Why is it like you don't need 13,000, 10,000 seats for the Ohio University Bobcats? Well, they built it back in the 60s when they thought they were going to get a bid into the Big Ten. Ohio State blocked that as they have blocked every school in Ohio from joining the Big Ten since. No power in the Big 12, and now there's two Power 5 schools in the Buckeye State. It's truly amazing. And Ohio State, and we can go on about that. Right. But let's talk about this, because I noted, and I had John Garcia Jr., Director of Recruiting for Football at Sports Illustrated. He's going to be on the show tomorrow again. He told me that there's only, what, one player – from the state of Texas right now on the roster. Okay, but Russ, Corey, Kiner coming from Louisiana, west of the Mississippi. Most of your Big 12 teams are west of the Mississippi. Bearcats are going to the Big 12. 
how does this impact recruiting? Because now you can tap into Texas, you can tap into Louisiana, you can tap into Oklahoma, Arkansas, you can tap in all the way out to hell, Colorado, if you wanted to. I mean, this is this is going to have a major geographical impact on recruiting, isn't it? I would think so. And, and especially when you think about just the transfer portal in general, even if you're not that number one option, if you're not the school choice on signing day, national signing day, or early commitment day, or whatever, there's 40 different signing days nowadays now in the yearly recruiting cycle. But if you're not that top school, you still have a chance. It's still worth getting that foot in the door and being there as an option for a player if something like what happened to Corey Kiner happens to them. Where they have a coaching change. They have a player who they didn't anticipate being active or being uh, a threat to their position coming in and busting down the door. All of those things are much more widespread and much more impactful, I think, now with the one-time transfer uh, ban lifted. And so when you think about that, Cincinnati may not be able to land a bunch of Texas players, four or five-star Texas players. They never had a five-star, but a three or four-star Texas player. They might not be able to get into the final commitment slot for those players. Maybe they're in the top three. Maybe they're in the top five. And maybe, just maybe, things go poorly at their number one option schools. And what do they see? They see Luke Fickle going into his seventh year, going into his eighth year, going into his ninth year, his tenth year at UC. And they're thinking, man, Cincinnati, Nip, historic Nippert Stadium, Big 12, a coach who's not going to sell me short, a coach who's not going to BS me, and a really premier location in terms of atmosphere and ability to be seen by college scouts, by, or by NFL scouts, and by the national audience can be very enticing. So that's where I think this has the impact, where these players, especially a player like Corey Kiner, especially a ranking in the top 15, all these guys pay attention. All these recruits are competitive. They're all trying to see whose team and whose school is doing better than the other school. So it all matters. And I think what I just brought up, the fact that the one-time transfer ban is lifted and you have the ability to recruit even harder and still have that little carrot dangling out there in case something goes wrong in the first year or first two years, it could be a massive, massive thing for this program. A program that added Ryan Coey in the transfer portal this year, added Ivan Pace Jr. in the transfer portal this year, added Nick Mardner, a player whose coach was a disaster at Hawaii last year, comes across uh, across the ocean, and now he's trying his, his, uh, his stuff in a new home here in Cincinnati. It's already happening for those three middle of the road, not middle of the road, but three lower tier four-star type of recruits in previous years. And maybe it starts happening for those solidified four-star. And eventually this, this staff, I know, wants it to be five-star recruits choosing Cincinnati. Let's just fast forward to September 3rd. I mean, that's going to be a fantastic game. The Bearcats and Arkansas, which, by the way, I did find there are direct flights from Atlanta to Fayetteville that weekend, so I just might have to – There you go. I just might have to uh, book my ticket and uh, get a credential for a what could be a really good season-opening game. Russ, I got to tell our listeners here about betonline.net because it is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, 
where the game starts. Russ Heltman of AllBearCats.com, part of Sports Illustrated, joining me today on what's been a really fun episode here of Locked On Bearcats. Heck, my Wi-Fi went out, or one of our Wi-Fi connections went out, but the recording still kept running, so I'm going to have to do a creative edit on this, but that's okay. Uh, Russ Heltman, you can follow him on Twitter at RussHeltman11. He's also a producer and host on WMKV 89.3. Did I say 98.3 earlier? Probably did, but okay. Uh, You get the point. So anyway... Russ, I do want to ask you because you just wrote about it. There is a three-star defensive back commit, Braden Moore from Baden High School. I mean, look at this, another local product, staying home, playing football for the Bearcats. Um, What can he bring to the program? Braden Moore, currently the second-ranked recruit on 24-7 sports composite rankings in the seven-member class for the Bearcats right now, just behind four-star linebacker Trevor Carter and Braden Moore is right on the fringe of a three and four star type of player 31st ranked athlete in the country eighth ranked player in the state 367th nationally 6 to 190 pounds really versatile safety player um, that's he's going to be a boundary safety primarily recruited by safety's coach Colin Hitchler and to me he's a guy that can do it all. I think he might be able to help him a little bit in the return game, has some great ball skills, can really high point the ball well in the air, a really, really tough, tough matchup for quarterbacks to try to throw over the top of in the middle of the field. And pairing him with a guy like Rohan Davey, who's sitting there uh, as the 77th ranked athlete in the country and the 801st ranked player nationally, three-star, 5'10", 190-pound safety projection there as well. Those two guys, Davey and Braden Moore, I would say, are your your odds-on favorite to be the starting safety duo in about two, three years' time. I'm going to ask you this question again because I asked it to you last week. So we've got Corey Kiner going to play this year for the Bearcats. And I know you said it last week that you don't see this. But okay, we got the four-star player. If the Bearcats, Russ, go 13-0, with a conference championship, and now they have that household name in Kiner, do you still think that they're going to be left out of the college football playoff discussion? Yeah, I do. I won't won't rehash what I said last week, but I do. I just think it's, it's it would take it would take probably an, another four or five star, three or four more four or five star recruits for them to have a chance to make the college football playoffs this year. I just, especially, we already went through it last week but the AAC just did you see no favors no favors they don't play the top two teams in the two of the top three teams in the league during the regular season and you're just gonna have to have a team like Miami win 11 games basically and win the MAC a team like Indiana win nine ten games and be right there fighting for a chance to play in the 10 championship in Arkansas as well you need them winning 10 11 games and being right there in the SEC West getting the uh, with a chance to play in Atlanta during the SEC championship game. If all three of those teams win 10 plus games, then I could maybe see the Bearcats having an outside chance. If we get a scenario like we had last year, where all the powers have one loss at least. And the Bearcats in that scenario are having one loss as the ninth ranked team and Arkansas is eighth or something, or Arkansas is 10. like, they're going to need those three non-conference teams to have major, major seasons to have any chance, I think, in the college football playoff. Sad to say, but I'm, I'm, I try to be 
the objective here on these on these locked on Bearcats hits. No, we do appreciate that. But I'll ask you this then: Can they still uh, forget for the playoff? Can this team now go undefeated because they have a player of Kiner's caliber? I think they can. I legitimately think another undefeated regular season is right there on the table. You don't get the benefit of a boosted schedule strength and a better chance at uh, having a strong case to make the college pl- football playoff by not playing the top two of the top three schools in the AAC, but it also helps your chances of going undefeated on the back end of that argument by not playing two of the top three teams in the AAC. And then it's it's that first game against Arkansas that I think is obviously the biggest problem. I don't see Indiana being much better than they were last year, especially with Michael Pennant tr- transferring. He was basically their entire offense for the last three or four years. So I could definitely see the Bearcats running the table. I don't think it's out of the question. And when you look at the, how they compare with Arkansas, I don't have the FBI numbers right up here right in front of me, but I was breaking them down for the site last week sometime. And Arkansas is only about, I think, four to five spots, if that, higher on ESPN's Football Power Index right now. So that should be a pretty even keel matchup predictor game when people are looking at the ESPN uh, score bug prior to uh, kickoff on, on September 3rd. I'll ask you this final question. Um, the Bearcats men's basketball program also landed a transfer this past weekend. And correct me if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Kalu Izepke from Old Dominion. What do you think he can bring to a men's basketball program that is in desperate need of a talent infusion? Kalu is a great, great ad for the Cincinnati Bearcats team. Top 100 transfer in the country, according to Evan Maya, six foot eight, two hundred forty pounds. He he screams Bearcat in my eyes, especially on defense. Brings a ton of energy on that. Really active defender. I love what I've seen from Kalu Zipe on some of my just kind of uh, background highlight watching of him over the past couple of weeks. I think he's going to bring strong, strong presence in the middle. Six foot eight, right around 240 pounds, can rebound really well. Top eight rebounder in the in Conference USA last year at 7.1 per game, 11.3 points. So he's efficient. He's a guy that I think finally, after really, really struggling to efficiently score the basketball with our with the bigs over the last couple of years, he will be able to add a strong, strong portion of that offensive skill set near the basket and shot last year. 57.4 true shooting percentage. That would be 3% higher than the best true shooting percentage on the Bearcats team in 2021-2022. When you think about his defensive capability, 98.3 defensive rating last year. Honestly had his best year in college in 2020-2021 when he posted 109 offensive rating and an 89.1 defensive rating. Just a disgusting almost 20-point difference between those two metrics. Shot 58.1% from the field in 2020 on uh, on 20 attempts per game. So maybe feed the big man a little bit more. His shot attempts went down by about 2.4 last season. And I think in this kind of offense, there is going to be a direct path to a starting role for Kalu Zikpe and a role that could see him playing roughly, I would say, around the 30 to 35, 30, 30 to 32 minutes per game portion of a portion of things. Average 27 per game last year. I think you could bump that up in his uh, his fifth year in college i noted too that his three-point shots have gone up he's never shot the ball more he's never shot more than 14 threes in a season but if you remember trey scott wasn't really a three-point shooter early on in his career and by his senior season he was taking like three three point three threes a game so maybe as can have a senior season 
like Trey Scott had two years ago. Well, Russ, Russ, I wish we had more time for this. Um, I'm sure we'll have you on much more throughout the off season with recruiting. I'm sure we'll, you know, maybe the Bearcats will land heck. I mean, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to come down I-71 next at this point. I mean, you never <laughs> know. But Russ Elman of AllBearcats.com and Sports Illustrated uh, 89.3 WMKV joining me today on Lockdown Bearcats. Russ, thank you as always so much for your time and uh, keep up the great work at AllBearcats.com and I'm sure we'll cross paths more in the offseason and just maybe I'll see you in Fayetteville on September 3rd. That away, Alex. It's a lot of fun. Love coming on the show and I'm, I'm glad to do it whenever you, whenever you call and hopefully see you in Arkansas come September. Absolutely. Russ Heldman of AllBearcats.com and Sports Illustrated joining me today. Thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring you all the latest draft insights and analysis. It is free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Bearcats, and you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3FrankieGmail.com, all lowercase Alex the number 3FrankieGmail.com. Tomorrow, John Garcia Jr., Director of Football Recruiting and Sports Illustrated, will join me. We'll ask him his thoughts on Corey Kiner and, excuse me, much more. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.